How we doing? I am your host, Robert T. Gardner Jr., also known as Dr. Rob. Welcome to Station B.O.B. And let me tell you a little about thee. I am a kid from a Harlem hood who turned out good. I got educated like I should. Now I know how to help you grow to become the best of your being in life, love, and work. With that said, I am here to provide you with some clarity associated with the perplexity of the challenges in your life, love, and work. So, without further ado, let's get down on it. Enjoy the show. Uh, yes, how we doing? Welcome once again, my friend, to Station B.O.B., where you listen to learn how to become the best of your being in life, love, and work. I'm your host, Dr. Rob, and as always, I'm excited and happy to be with you today. As a matter of fact, I'm especially excited because I have a special guest to uh, share the podcast with us today, as today's topic is knowledge, wisdom, and understanding from an 88 year old man who just so happens to be my father, also known as Robert Thad Gardner Sr. And today he goes by the name of Thad. And so Thad, say hello and welcome to the show. Good morning and thank you for welcoming me to the show and your audience. Okay, it's my pleasure. So basically, you know, at this point in time, you are 88 years old. You are in your right mind, you are healthy, um, all the good signs that you, you know, may go on another 88 years. But with that said, I just wondered if um, we could just have a discussion today just about, you know, various topics to, um, you know, for you to share your perspective about life since you have lived, you know, such a full, uh, abundant life, if you will. And my first question to you is, you know, at 88 years of age, um, can you just speak to perhaps what has been your ideology for your life? Change and a renewal of my mind. In short, the first part of my life was dedicated to lust, jealousy, self-righteousness, arrogance, and ignorance. And I paid the price, but I learned lessons along the way which helped me. That was my old life. That man is dead. This is the new man that we're talking to and about. Sad, sad gardener. Let me tell you, in short, my life is devoted to the spiritual part of life. I'm not in the world. The world is a, a little upside down, and uh, they talk about peace. There's only one peace, peace of mind, and that's the one that I'm living with right now. And that's basically mm, what I can share with you at this point. 
Okay, so you you mentioned that early on you made a lot of mistakes and you learned from some of the mistakes. So maybe, I mean, being that you have lived for so long, can we sort of break your life down into 20-year periods and, and get an idea of, you know, how you saw life, how you lived life, you know, in the first 20 years of your life? And then we'll go to the... I'm sorry. No, I'm sorry. It's my fault. I I was going to say, and then we'll go. We'll go from you know one to twenty, twenty-one to forty, forty-one to sixty, and so on. Oh well, I gave you as much information as I was allowed to under my principles as far as sharing my life. I cannot visit that life anymore. That man is dead and buried. I can only share with you how I'm living now and my lifestyle. And that I would be more than happy to do. Okay. Well, have at it then. How are you living now? Oh, man. I wake up with a smile on my face in the morning because I went to sleep with a smile. And I don't sleep, by the way. There's certain physical conditions that don't allow me to sleep through the night undisturbed. But I survive because I pray, and then I exercise during the day. And when I can do that, I read, I write poetry, just like you attempted to do earlier with your poetry. But mine's a little bit better. In any event, that's where I'm at now, you know. And if there are any adults out there who need your advice and program, this is a good way to get it, to speak to everyone in different age groups. Because in my earlier life, we had none of the things that people have today, all of the electronics. People didn't have refrigerators, you know? So there's a lot of stimulus out there, you know? But people also need to be, most important, obedient to their parents and be ready to report for duty. It is their Job? No. Responsibility? No. It's a spiritual thing that one has to do to take care of their parents the same way their parents took care of them. So they can pass this on intergenerationally, as well as passing on the wealth. That should be passed on generationally. And education should be a value. Another value should be family. These are values that we must live by in order to exist today. Because the world, as you know, will betray you. Sure it will. So you have to get right in your own way. Yes. I'm sorry. I I don't want to pontificate. Do you have any more questions for me? Yes. What What I wanted to ask you is, just over the years especially in my younger years, I I noticed, you know, when I would visit you that you always had literature in your bathroom. I remember seeing, you know, books on Indian poetry, National Geographic, and just a host of, you know, other kind of, you know, mind-broadening type of reading. 
And um, and I remember, of course, back in the days when the when the New York Times was a big deal, especially on Sunday, that you you know you just had a feverish a feverish you know desire to make sure you got a copy of the Sunday edition of the New York Times. So what I what my question is, what inspired your insatiable thirst to read? I always had a position and a posture to learn. And I'm glad you pointed that out because I wanted to, at that particular time, have an environment which everybody can share, you know, in reading and talking. Communication in a family is very important, as everybody knows. And when you, can, when you, when you read, you can communicate because you have an interest. It's another value. You know, and I'm glad you brought that up. That's a very good question. Well, well, thank you. It's just that your reading materials always seem to get my attention, not from a point where I said, wow, you know, I want to read that. But it was more like, wow, you know, my father, you know, this guy reads everything and anything. And I have seen an experience that you just seem to have just vast knowledge on, you know, just so many topics. And does that, did that come from the, the reading or your life experience or, or both? Uh, Mostly from the, from the reading. Okay. Okay. So although you had mentioned that the, 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 the old you is no longer. I just wondered if you could maybe um, talk about, you know, just for the benefit of the listeners, you know, how when whenever you've made any type of mistakes, how you were able to overcome them, you know, and what did you learn and, you know, and how did you go forward? Wow. Another good question. <laughs> Everything that I did that, that was underworld and uh, in and out of the culture was wrong. And each time I learned by those different experiences until the last time. And then when that happened, I think I began to see the light. And I began to read more of a serious nature. And I found out that although I didn't have God in my life at that time, that God was there in my life all that time. So for that, I'm grat- I have great, I have gratitude. And it just makes me feel good just to say that because all the glory goes to God, man. Mm-hmm. You know, you know, all the successes that I've had since then, you know, all, all that's a gift from God. And I can thank him by showing my gratitude. Okay. You know? Yes. So what would you, um, you know, suggest or recommend for any young person, you know, male or female, um, who's listening to you today? What would you suggest um, to them today in terms of how they should um, look at their life 
and what do you think is important for young people to know today? Where do you get these questions from, man? They're really great, you know? <laughs> but, but, but this is a good one, too. And because the young people no longer listen to their elders, and how else is the culture, the correct culture, passed on without communication with those who came before you and have the knowledge, the experience, and the understanding? And these are all spiritual things, man. Patience, that's a spiritual thing between you and other people that, that you have to be patient and listen to. You know, and the younger, the younger ones, man, they have too many distractions, of course. And bless them, man, if they know how to handle those telephones. But I've had my own granddaughter come to my house, sit down, and take out the take out her telephone, put it on her lap, and say, "I'm listening." And she wasn't listening. How can you listen and and communicate too? And that's the time when you need to put those phones away and listen to what is being said to you by your father and your grandfather. And it's important to know your history, your personal history within your history. You know, that's totally important to yes. know who you are. Yes. So how does one, in your, in your uh, opinion, how does one find out who they are? identification to, to bonding from years ago you know that's once once you bond it's never broken because loyalty also another virtue and a value in itself you know that's loyalty man you know it's trust you know that's really trust that's where it begins you know okay and you know who you are it makes you stronger it makes your children stronger you know, that we're all able to sit down at the table of understanding, peace, and love. Because they have but one piece, really, and that's peace of mind, which is very expensive. Don't you agree? Yes, indeed, I do. Well, my my next question would be, and, and just, you know, to respond to what you said earlier, is where do I get these questions from? They are really just generating, you know, my thoughts are generating as I speak to you, you know, I get, you know, a desire to ask another good question because I feel like talking to you is, you know, it's just like, you know, from what I know of you, you possess a wealth of knowledge and wisdom and understanding, and I'm just trying to to bring it out. And my next question is... I mean, you are 88 years old, and I know how you look. And you look very well. You're very healthy. And I just wanted to know, how have you preserved yourself so well? But, <laughs> before you answer that question, I need to step aside and let a promo in. And when we come back on the other side of the break, you can ask that question about how you have preserved yourself so well. Have you read any good books lately? Your host, Robert T. Gardner Jr., also known as Dr. Rob, is the author of three great books. In his first book, The Choices We Make, 
Robert takes a look at relationships to help readers learn how to have a good relationship with themselves before they can have good relationships with others. In his second book, Access Denied, Robert brings an eye-opening perspective about what happens to children and fathers when their relationships with the mothers of their children end on bad terms. Robert explores what he calls child pawn when a parent, usually the mother, uses a child as a weapon to hurt the other parent. Robert provides a let-go lab in his book to help parents find positive ways to resolve their issues in the best interest of their children. Light Up Your Life is Robert's latest book. Robert writes about the fact that we are all born with a special God-given talent. Even though we are all born with a special talent, most of us miss our true calling. In this book, you will learn how to find your special talent and light up your life so that you can become the person you were born to be and live a more fulfilled, purpose-driven life. Books are available at barnesandnobles.com, amazon.com, and Robert's website, relationshipreadiness.org. Thank you, and back to the show. Okay, welcome back. And just before we stepped aside to let the promo in, I had asked Thad a question as to he is 88 years old, still in his right mind, still physically fit. And I, I just wanted to him to answer the question or respond to the question as to how have you preserved yourself so well? Right. Yes. It's a matter of having a lifestyle that you can live with that includes exercise, eating, and as well as entertaining and developing your mind. I think that all goes together. And you have standards, you know. My standards, I have to have high standards because I am 88. So therefore, I have to shave, smell good, and look good, you know, because I represent that generation. I have a platform. I represent octogenarians uh, for your audience and for you, anybody over 80. And I want them to see that. And I put all, all, all but more importantly, I want them to see something that is not observable. I want them to see my character. I want to see, I want them to see that I have uh, the spirit, or rather I have faith without me having to say that I have faith. I want them to see that so that they can also emulate that like I am emulating that. So you have to be a role model, Rob, and keep yourself up, you know? Yes. So what was that word you used? You said you were over 80, which we, we know. <laughs> oh, and and yeah. you used the word oct octovarian. What was that word? Octogenarian. Oh, octogenarian. Would you break yes. that down, please? What does octogenarian mean? <laughs> I think it. I think it's. Uh, I think it's almost self-explanatory. You know, this is actuarial, really. It has to do with insurance. You know, which age group or or a section of the age group do you belong? So anybody below that is a senior, senior citizen and whatnot. There are other terms that are being used as well. I just happen to remember that because that's my platform. 
Okay, I just wanted to make sure it didn't have anything to do with the fact that your birthday is in October. I thought, <laughs> I thought, no. I thought being an octogenarian would be, you know, something having to do with being born in October. So that be the case. I'm not a septogenarian, in other words, <laughs> being that my birthday is born. Uh, I was born in September. Right. Okay. Okay. I'll never forget that day. Oh, that's wonderful. Um, that's wonderful. So my next question to you is, at the age of 88, and having done so much and lived so long, does a person, you know, that's now, you know, with all due respect, say elderly, do do you ever get tired of living? You know, like, what what is the thinking now, you know, what uh, in the mind of an 88-year-old man? Oh, man, what another great question. Wow, Rob. Uh, Rob, I live independently. And as a result, I have to take care of myself according to my standards. You know, I don't have no flies flying around me. You know, like I said, said, I'm always active. You know, as a matter of fact, I'm dressed to go out now. You know, I have things to do, man. The daily activities of living, you know. I got all that, man. But, you know, Rob, I think you can tell us in my spirit. You can tell us in my spirit, man. You know? Yes. You know, and uh, it has to do with, you know, who I am and where I am and where I came from. You know? Right, right. So where did you come from? (laughs) <laughs> I came from Luella by Dave. Luella by that's, Dave. That's my, I came from Luella, my mother, by Dave, my father. Actually, that's that's horse breeding, you know, where you come from and who put it there, you know. But anyway, uh, Rob, I never look at myself as being an 88-year-old man, number one, because uh-huh. that's only 12 that's only 12 years of being 100, you know? Yes. Although although I'm thankful and grateful for being 88, I don't look at that, man. I, I look at how I can get around, how I can drive my car and take care of all my other responsibilities. Man, I have tropical fish, Rob. Man, you still, love, you, love, you still love, driving? I, you still driving? Yo, man, are you kidding me? Of course, I got a brand new car. Oh, my God. You know? And... Uh, I, you know, I, I like to, I got plants, you know, I got a garden to take care of. You know, I have all these activities, man, you know, uh-huh. and I'm still reading, I'm still reading, writing every day, every day. So, you know what I mean? So poetry is your thing. Um, and it has, ah, yes. It has been your thing for a very long time. And I wanted to ask you. You know, being that we're just talking about poetry, is there a poem that you have written that is one your favorite, and two that you would mind sharing with the audience? If you could, you know, think of it off the top of your head. Right off the top of my head, Rob. My name is Fed. Bronx born, Bronx bred, Bronx died. Fed is dead. 
Can you hear Hello? Me? Can, can, can you hear me snapping my fingers? I'm sorry? I said, can you hear me snapping my fingers? <laughs> That's an old one, Rob. But, Rob, I have some I have some really good ones, man. I really wish that you had of, you know, we had prepared this in such a way that I might have had a poem for you, man. Okay. A a poem for me? You mean specifically for me? No, just a poem in general, man, to share with your your audience. Oh, okay. Okay. Well, I mean, I figured I'd catch you off guard, so to speak, to, to, to do something that you have been doing for a long time. I just wanted to see, you know, how, how you would, um, what you had in your repertoire. And yeah, yeah. I'm looking at some stuff now, man, you know, and, uh, you want to hit us with another one? Oh man. Come on, give it to yeah. us. Give, come on. I'm snapping my fingers. Let's, let's do the spoken <laughs> word here. Come on. Okay, 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 okay. Let's see. My cup truly runneth over. I need a larger cup. Life is lovely. It could not be better and nothing is missing. Keep God first. Always. You know? Wow, wow. wow. Yeah, 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 so, yeah. So you know, that's... That seems easy to interpret. You know what? What what would be your spin on the interpretation of that poem? Of that poem, right, right, right. Uh, my interpretation of that poem is: you have to have some, someone in authority over yourself that you feel is responsible for guiding every footstep and helps you guard your mouth, guard your ears. And guard what you see. You know? Okay. And uh, that person is the one you find, you know, when when you, when you the, when the music is playing. You know? Okay. So. When you say, what do you, what do you mean when you say that person is the one you find when the music is playing? Like, what music, right. what music is playing and where are you? <laughs> right. You're in your psychological home, first of all, you know, and you're enjoying your peace of mind, you know, and as a result, things begin to flow because you give yourself up, man, you surrender, you know, and you ask for help. Ask for help, man, and it'll come. You'll be surprised, man, you know, and uh, that's, you know, as, as, as far as anything else is concerned, man. The proof is there, you know? Okay. Okay. Well, you know, as a part of my podcast, I like to take a minute to laugh. I believe that laughter is good therapy. And um, although this is a phone interview, we're not in the same room. But I just wanted you to think about something funny and take a minute to laugh as I do my laugh therapy right now. Uh, did you think of anything? Did you th- think of anything to laugh about that? Uh, no, 
Oh, I didn't know you were talking to me. No, I was talking to the to the audience. But what I do on the podcast is I have a a, a laughter moment. And oh, okay, I got you. So that was that was a that was a laughter moment. Oh, I got you. I got you. Good show, Rob. Okay, good show indeed. So, so let me ask you: What, what do you think about your son um, hosting a podcast? You know, uh, well, you know, I think it's good experience for you. You know. Because you're interacting with your audience, you see the, the human side of people. You know, if you listen carefully, there's some confessions in there. You know, uh-huh. and and that's human. That's spirit to spirit. And if you can pick that up, you know, and you and your people that you have on, and the people that are listening to you, you know, they need to know that there's a spirit out there that they hook. They have to hook that spirit up. You know, right? And then they really, and then they really be kicking the Willie Popo. Right. You know what I mean? Yes, yes. Yeah. The yeah. idea of the, this podcast, you know, Station Bob, is where you listen to learn how to become the best of your being in life, love, and work. Where we try to share topics and content that you know help inspire people, uplift people, inform people. And, and things of that nature. And I think you have been a great guest. We're about to wrap up. We're not quite finished yet, but I just wanted to make sure that I thanked you for stopping by Station B.O.B. to share with me and the audience, you know, some of your knowledge, wisdom, and understanding. But to to move on, let me just ask you another question, which – you know, in your 88 years of living, what would you say might be your most proudest moment, you know, about yourself? Having a son. On September the 4th, 1957. Nothing beats that. Nothing. Having a son. Well, you, you know why I find that interesting? And, and please let me know your thoughts. Correct me. You know, if I'm right, during the time that I was born in the, the you know, the late 50s, um, you know, just based on my own hearing things and, uh, you know, reading things, it, it was a thing for a man to have a son at that time as his firstborn. Would, would, would that be the case? Not that you didn't. Was that was that the case that. That not that it made you more of a man if you you had a son, but it was just a desire of men to to have sons during that time. Having a son during any time goes back to biblical times, man, where you would hope your first child would be a son and many more. You know, that's significant to have a son. That that means that you have somebody to pass on your seed. That means you have somebody to pass on your reputation. That means you have somebody to pass on your wealth to, as well as your reputation. All the best things in life, man, you know, you want to endow them on your son. And, you know, and to make that happen, that's it's very important, and that you maintain that relationship. You don't maintain it by words. You maintain it by deed. You know, you're there. You know, and and you respect it, and people you people you meet through your father or through anyone else respects you. That tells you who you are as a man. Uh huh. Okay. You know? 
So let me ask you this, because I, I, I really appreciate and understand your answer. And let's just say the same context, the, the late 1950s or even today. But let's let's just talk about the because it's my you know notion, if you will, that having a, 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 a son was, was important to to men during that period in time. But and I understand what you know what it means for the son to carry your name and so on and so forth. But what if you would have had a girl the you know as your firstborn? What would have been your feelings and thinking about that? Right. Well, to answer your first question about what was it like during the fifties? It was very bad. It was a recession. It was always a recession for black people. You know, and times were hard, you know. So if you had a job and a family, you were doing good, you know. Uh-huh. Outside of that, you know, life was life was good if you were employed and had a family and you had a, a, a roof and a dry floor. Life was good. But life was hard, though, in reality. And now as far as having a daughter, I, I, I would have I welcomed a daughter as a firstborn, absolutely. You know, but I would have preferred a son because everybody was sons. You know what I mean? Yeah. A son was the thing to have back then, right? Exactly, because everybody knew what that meant. You know? Wow! Wow! wow. So let me ask you this: your your your, your oldest brother had a a son as his firstborn, so. Did that put any, you know, any, you know, kind of added sibling rivalry pressure on you to, to, you know, have a son your first time around? And and that would include some of your friends like Francis, who also had a son named Francis. You know, from what I, you know, realized that the, the people in your circle, in your life, in your family were having sons. Did that add any additional pressure to the idea that your firstborn, you know, would be a son? Yes, it, it does. It certainly does. It's it's not pressure, of course, when it happens. It just becomes a part of your reality, you know? Okay. Your new normal, you know? So whatever your firstborn is, that's your new normal. And you would give that as much time and attention as you would, uh, a person of the opposite sex. Okay, okay. Well, Thad, this has been a great interview. I have one final question, and that question is, what would you, just if you had to give young people, male and female, advice about how to live to 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 the age of 88, what would you suggest or recommend? However, I need to let a promo in, and I w- would like for you to answer that question on the other side of the break. Relationship Readiness Life and Work Preparedness Services, the place you come to for coaching, consulting, and counseling in life, love, and work. We are a multi-purpose service organization that will coach you up, educate, guide, and motivate you to succeed. 
We provide management training and consulting services for all businesses in the areas of employee relations, unionized employees, progressive discipline, the annual review process, and emotional intelligence to develop effective leaders for your organization. And our relationship counseling services for individuals, couples, groups show you how to become relationship ready with improved self-esteem, resilience, and self-awareness. To learn more about our programs and services, please contact Robert T. Gardner Jr. by email at changeagentrtg at gmail.com or request a meeting for a free one-hour consultation at relationshipreadiness.org. Thank you, and let's go back to Station B.O.B. Okay, welcome back. So before we left off, I was asking, posing the question to Thad, what advice or recommendation would he share with any young person, male or female, as to how to live a life where you can, you know, barring any unforeseen circumstances, you know, that God would keep you for 88 years or more. What do you suggest or recommend to young people from a from an emotional standpoint, from an intellectual standpoint? What does one, a spiritual standpoint, what would you say one has to do, you know, like I said, barring any unforeseen occurrences, if they could live their life that way, you know, to, to hold on to live until or up until the age of 88 and beyond? Go deeper. Go deeper than your emotions. There's a life beyond your feelings. Your feelings are self-destructive in nature because they're a first response to anything that you think assaulted you. If you examine your thoughts and not react, but think things through, your life will be much better for you. And Rob, I wish we'd get off of that 88 piece. Okay, well, I'm just really pointing out that that is significant, but we're almost at the end of the show, and so I'm off of the 88, but it is, <laughs> it, it is um, I would say, just amazing that you are 88. Um, sorry, you know, but, uh, you know, I can't help to be proud of that. Forgive me for being proud, you know, the fact that my father is 88 in his right mind and healthy and all of the other good things that come along with being 88 years young. And so... Well, I'm glad you said that. It makes me feel differently. I'm sorry now. I apologize to you. Yeah, it's okay. I'm just really trying to point out that, you know, you are a, this is a magnificent story. You tell me how many people you know could get their 88-year-old or year young father or mother on the phone and all podcast and have this type of discussion. And I don't say that to put anybody down. I just say that because that's a reality. Their yeah, podcast was excellent. The questions were of, of, of a good nature, and they were easy for me to share. And I hope that your audience and myself learn from this, you know? And thank you so much for having me as a guest. Well, thank you so, so much for stopping by. 
and I really appreciate the time you took to share in your life experiences and your knowledge, wisdom, and understanding. And as always, I like to say before I sign off, remember that love is not a word. It's an action, and it's not supposed to hurt. And so until the next time we meet, do the right thing when nobody's looking. Take care and goodbye. All right. As we wrap up this show, I hope this topic helped you to grow. And now you know a little bit more than you knew before. If you have any questions about this topic, please email me at changeagentrtg at gmail.com. See my website, relationshipreadiness.org. To learn more about my counseling, consulting, and educational programs related to life, love, and work. Finally, in the words of the late, great Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King Jr., if I can help somebody as I pass along, if I can cheer somebody with a word or song, if I can show somebody he is traveling wrong, then my living will not be in vain. Until we meet again, do the right thing when nobody is looking. Peace, beloved.